Welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. Remember, if you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, five stars, of course, and share this podcast with everyone you know. And welcome to Straight to the Top. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special show for you tonight. I've got the great Ken Underhill. If you've been following me and if you've been watching some of the posts, I've given you a little bit of insight. I've given you a little bit about his background. Um, typically, our shows are rated G for everyone. Tonight, I think the show was going to be rated X, and it's going to be rated X, not for any explicit content. But I think Ken Underhill is going to share some information that's going to scare the dickens out of most of you. And I'll tell you, after the conversation we just had before we went live, I don't think I'll ever use my smartphone again. I'm not going to introduce you. I'm not going to try to do that. This is Ken Underhill. He's a scary guy. He's, he's a powerful guy. He's got superpowers. Look at the camera. Introduce right. yourself. Let's, get, let's, let's just get into this. Let's, let's dive right in, Mark. Well, I, I'm not as scary as Mark makes me out to be, yes, but, yes. I, but I, think, I think some of the topics we're going to talk about are. So for those that don't know me, uh, Ken Underhill, I teach a lot of people basic uh, ethical hacking, as we hear it from the media, but penetration testing is what is known in the industry. Um, so the, the hackers that you hear about, we're going to talk about that tonight, by the way. The, the hackers and the hoodies and all that stuff, Mark. The Russians. Yeah, the Russians, Chinese, you know, North Korea, whoever we feel like blaming at that time. Um, we can also talk about attribution as well. That is very difficult. I don't even know what that word means. Perfect. See? See what happens when you bring somebody on the show that's a lot smarter than you? Attribution. Oh, my God. My goodness. I think we're going to have a blast tonight, Mark. So there were some talking points. There were some things you said. Yes. But before we get started, we were talking about my phone. <laughs> right? Tell the story about the man that doesn't have a cell phone, doesn't have apps on his phone, doesn't do any banking online. He thinks he's protected because he just walks into the bank yeah. whenever he does, does his transaction. Is yeah. he safe? No, Mark. No. You know, he's safe, he's safe to some measure, we'll say, but... The reality is it doesn't matter that he doesn't actually bank online or anything because if a criminal hacker goes for his bank and grabs X number of accounts, so for example, if I, if I were a criminal hacker, I'm not, by the way, um, but if I were a criminal hacker, and again, we'll talk about, Mark, the, kind of the differences there. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll put to rest that Hollywood portrayal because okay. uh, many people, as, as they found out I was coming on your show, asked me to speak about that. Really? So that's one of the things I definitely want to address this okay. evening. So you notice I'm not in a hoodie or no gloves. Uh, so we're going to crack that stereotype. He has a change of clothes behind his seat. Yes. Your show tonight. There's some Perfect. talking points. Perfect. Where do you want to go? Let's let's talk first about that guy I told you about. So okay. um, so he does have a smartphone, by the way. He but he does not do banking on it. He said, "Oh, I'm super safe. I'm not doing banking on that." So I don't think he's going to be watching. Um, but, yeah, I scared Mark uh, before we jumped on here. So, what are we talking about here? We're talking about that a criminal hacker or criminal uh, organization, uh, we'll, we'll just say it like that, could attack your bank. They could get the information from your bank on certain accounts. They could get your access, right? They could get into your account, Mark. Your bottom ones. You know, your, your account, I'm sure it's huge. Is there such a thing as a safe <laughs> password? No, no. You know, um, you know, we can we can make them slightly more secure, Mark, by making you know following the best practices, right? Well, let's talk about that because we've got a mixture uh, of people watching this. Some people are uh, actually students of mine or people in my network that are working in cybersecurity uh, in the industry, and other people are business owners watching right. this that have no clue 
when we say cybersecurity, they just get scared. We're scared yeah, to death. As we should be, Mark. We should all be you know, scared about what's occurring these days. But um, stuff like that's been occurring for a long time. It's just more prevalent now because you know criminals have figured out, hey, it's a lot easier if you hack into Mark's bank account versus me going and robbing a bank, right? So it's a lot easier to just go steal your money or get you to click no on something. No guns, no bullets. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I don't know if you had seen a few years back in Houston, and it's probably still going on, uh, criminal hackers were going around with laptops and stealing vehicles. And so they would be caught on security cameras. Um, there's one I can think of a particular couple guys were out there with laptops. They stole, I think, a Jeep or something like that uh, and drove right away with it. How do you use a laptop to steal a vehicle? Magic. Magic. <laughs> it does take, it takes a few things. It takes number one skill uh, and, and number, one, uh, number two practice. Um, but it can be done with newer vehicles, uh, especially through if you've activated like Bluetooth. So if you use your hands free in your car. And, uh, I'm just ruining Mark's day, by the way. <laughs> so there are ways into it. It's very, it's very difficult, it's very challenging, but if you have a skill, you can certainly do it. This is your show. Yeah. Where are we going? Let's, man, I'm, I'm getting scared myself. Where are we going? I'm getting scared myself. So let's talk about kind of the three main things we're going to talk about this evening. Okay. Those are the three, the three sort of bullet points. Um, number one was talking about the Hollywood portrayal of, of hackers, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Number two was talking about how do you actually get a job in the industry uh, for all those people out there that are like, all right, I want to be inside security, this sounds cool, I want to hack Mark's phone, how do I do that? And then number three was talking about, kind of correlating with getting into the industry, talking about branding, right? Um, so, Mark, let's, let's just jump in. And, so, what you've seen on LinkedIn, every time there's a breach, like with the recent uh, Capital One breach, keep, uh, we can keep America safe again. I, you know, Mark, I don't know that there's a way to fully secure any country, right? So not just America, but any country, right? Because um, if we look at it, the aspect of a police officer, right? Okay. So a police officer goes out, they go out on patrol, but they're more reactive to what's going on. There's certain neighborhoods, higher crime, they'll, they'll send more police officers in there and try to prevent it. But at the end of the day, the criminals have 24 hours. And the police you know, officer has, what, eight hours or so, or most, most shifts, maybe 12 uh, on, on certain departments, but in reality, you've only got that amount of time to try to, to curb the crime. They've got 24 hours, and there's many people doing that type of stuff. Um, we won't get into economics and all that stuff on, on tonight's episode, okay. uh, at least I don't think. Uh, we may talk finances a little bit, but, but not too much. I'm just shaking in my boots quivering. <laughs> Mark's still focused on the aspect that we talked about, why he should not use banking apps on his phone. Um, so... Uh, We'll talk about that later, after the show, a little more in depth. But anyways, going back to the Hollywood portrayal of the hacker, right? So we, we look on social media, and every time there's a breach, or every time actually a vendor wants to sell you something in the cybersecurity industry market, it seems like they put up a photo of this dark, evil lair with a dark hoodie and this faceless creature with gloves on, hacking away with like 48 screens. And um, I've never met one of those people, Mark. I've, I know a lot of hackers, and I've never met someone that looks like that. How do they look? Yeah, just like, like this, right? Your regular looking person. The guy need, next door? Yeah, guy or gal next door. Um, you know, I know a lot of great uh, penetration testers is what we call you know, ethical what? hackers in the industry. What is it, what is it called? Say it again. So penetration. Penetration tester is the actual term. So penetration the, tester. Yes. So, so now we're, all ta we're talking about the good people right now. So penetration testers, good people, ethical hackers, as, as the media might say it, good people, hackers, good people, 
Who's bad people? Who are bad people, Mark? The bad hackers. There you go. The bad hackers. So criminal hackers, right? Criminal people, criminal hackers. people doing it for malicious purposes, right. right? Not not people out there. So basically a hacker, you know, it's been called the media's been using hacker for like 15, 20 years without dating ourselves. You know, Mark and I are both 20, I'm, I'm like, we're only twenty-two, yeah. right? I think, yeah. Twenty-two. Um, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, so but the media's been portraying the word hacker as a negative connotation for just so many years that it's you know it's kind of ingrained in our culture, right? Like uh, nowadays, you know, we, we all know like LOL, right? We know, you know, laugh out loud or whatever, you know. But if we look back to uh, when Mark and I used to read in history books, in history books, LOL wasn't in there back 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 when we were in school. Now it's part of the vernacular. No, exactly, exactly. So. Uh, so with that negative connotation that's been going on for years, that's why everyone, when they hear hacker, gets all scared and everything like that. Really, just a hacker is just somebody trying to figure out how the system works, right? Trying to figure out different ways that, you know, maybe the system's vulnerable, different ways they can kind of break into it, you know, with with permission, of course, right? And that's, again, going back to just the word hacker and not the, the criminal and malicious aspect of it. So I really wanted to, really, one of the biggest requests I had was the image of, a hacker guys like gloves you know exactly right it's, it's 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 just regular people right anybody can learn um the way i actually design my courses mark is i design them where your grandmother could come watch the material do some hands-on and learn some of the basic fundamental skills of penetration testing or hacking as, as we'll call it now will that make her an expert hacker nobody right yeah, it takes a lot of practice and and you know it, it takes some of the outside the box type of thinking um, but Hackers are good people, Mark. I didn't say that. He did. Hackers <laughs> are good people. So if you are a federal agent watching, hackers are good people, and and, you, and federal agents already. I know. I know many um, uh, FBI agents, and so they already know the the differences there. Uh, but I want to put that out there for people that are maybe only watching the media. We're friends, right? We're friends. Yeah, yeah. We're no, friends. You're good, Mark. Okay. You're good. We're friends. Okay. Now, now before uh, Mark invited me to the show, I was kind of borderline, right? I was like, eh, you know, maybe I should get on his phone and, you know, and, and take over his banking apps. But, um, but you invited me on, and hey. We're friends. We're all set. Can and I take pictures? Remember what this guy looks like? <laughs> we're friends. Okay. So, so I, I definitely want to put that to rest. Okay. You know, that, that's something that, you know, I think we needed to address, um, especially in the industry. There's a lot of us out there that will be on LinkedIn, for example, you might have seen uh, we'll be saying, hey, you know, that's not, you know, that's not the image, that's not the portrayal, you know, quit doing that. And the media or even the companies trying to sell products, trying to get traction on their on their vendor products, there, they're still putting that image out there and, and you know, purporting that. So um, I wanted to clear that up. So for anyone watching, hackers are people with permission getting into stuff, you know, and, and not nefariously. And then we've got the criminal element that they're doing it for nefarious purposes or malicious intent. Uh, and Are the bad guys still referred to as hackers? Unfortunately, by the media, right? But but you know we would call them criminal hackers. Okay. Crackers is, is another name. So if you think of you know just remember the takeaway on this first point is the bad people think of Ritz crackers, right? Saltine crackers, goldfish. You ever eat goldfish? Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. goldfish. Don't sell those in Brooklyn like that. Okay. Yeah. Some areas of the country are lacking in delicious food, um, and that's why Mark does not live in, in Berkeley. I live in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> we have goldfish down here. So if you take one, one key thing away from that first bullet point, just think of the word crackers. So saltines, goldfish, wrist crackers, you know, butter crackers, whatever you want to do to remember that. Uh, but just take that away that hacker is actually a good thing. 
And we, you know, and, and hackers, and I'll say we here, we don't wear hoodies, we don't wear gloves. You know, you can't really type with gloves on, Mark. You can be a handsome guy like Ken. So hackers are good and crackers are bad. No, exactly. And, and in fact, being good looking is actually a, a benefit, Mark. And I'll say that as a penetration tester, being good looking or, you know, or having yourself put together, you know, wearing a, a suit, jacket, nice shirt, going into a company to do a, to do a, a penetration test, a lot of times, as what we call social engineering, people will let you in the building just because you dress well and you look like you belong, right? I've, and I haven't done this on penetration tests, by the way, but I'll just say just in life in general, I've gotten access to places I probably shouldn't have been. And I didn't have nefarious intent, Mark. I was just trying to get in, you know, trying to get inside. I was patiently waiting. Hands because I was, yeah, I was dressed well. People were like, oh, let me get that door for you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that, right? And in my head, I was like, ooh, imagine if I was a bad person. Mark. Imagine if you imagine, was a cracker. Imagine. Imagine if I was a cracker. Okay. <laughs> yes. Would have been bad stuff. But. I don't think I've ever called somebody a cracker before. You know, and depending on. And, <laughs> And, and I'll say this, depending on where you live, you may not want to use that term. We'll just, we'll just say it like that. Okay. Uh, we'll just say it like that. We, handsome Ken. He's not a cracker. He's handsome Ken. Just say criminal hackers. We'll just say it like that. Okay. I think that's... So, sense. ladies and gentlemen, um, you have nefarious people who do bad things, and then you have people like Ken who work with large corporations, governments, etc., and expose weaknesses to better improve their systems and security. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you know, and a lot of it goes back to like risk management, for example. So if we kind of go back, to, I'm not sure how much time we have left, but uh, we will get to the other points as well for everyone watching. Let's just talk about the Capital One thing, just very briefly. Where do you, I, I still don't have a lot of information on it. I see out there 100 million uh, accounts or something like that. Um, Which is a small I didn't, number. But I didn't see that in the in actual indictment, so. Um, so I didn't see that in, in the indictment. It just said tens of millions. So they probably adjusted that based off what they're now discovering, and, and that's fine. And I heard that none of the credit card accounts got touched. That's what I heard. Supposedly, right? We, we never see, fully see, know. See, see. We never fully know. This is um, what you call raining on your parade, right? I'm trying to have a sense of security now, and he's just killing me. Well, you know, if you notice, um, you know, one thing I'll say is never wait until a breach to get credit monitoring. Like, I, I have it. I've got and I have multiple um, sources. I've been part of many breaches over the years, unfortunately, as have many Americans, um, especially if we look at like the Equifax breach. But I think you need to be proactive on your own and stop relying on organizations to fully secure your information, right? So uh, going back to maybe talking about bank accounts, don't just have one bank account because if some, someone gets that access and drains that bank account, what are you gonna do, right? So have multiple bank accounts, right? We, we, We'll jump on finances for a minute, Mark, uh, if you don't mind. Monty Hawkins talks about credit monitoring. Also. Yeah, no, Monty, Monty, and by the way, if you don't know Monty, connect with her on LinkedIn. Monty Hawkins, uh, she's a genius with credit. I think it's important, especially in the United States here, to, to get your credit fixed. Um, what I want to talk about with the financial aspect, though, is you'll hear a lot of people talking about multiple streams of income, right? Mm -hmm. So take that same philosophy and apply it to your bank accounts, you know, your investment accounts, you know. IRA, stocks, right. brokerage accounts, life insurance. And this guy right here knows everything about investing. This guy is a Wall Street legend, if you didn't know that about Mark, if you're if you're part of my community watching this. What's it mean? No, this guy knows everything. He's being very humble right now, but if you have questions, he's he's very well known in the Houston uh, 
business community. Uh, so I'm going to brag on Mark for just, just, just Wasn't a moment me. here. My name is Scott. <laughs> Scott Peterson. Yes. No, exactly. Yeah. If, you, if you're trying to hack somebody uh, with malicious intent, Scott Peterson is his name. Uh, but for those of you with no malicious intent out there, Mark Davenport. So, well, speaking of code, Davenport Mark. Checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. Perfect. Perfect. Well, somebody may intercept that, Mark. So, yeah. See, you just can't win. You just can't win. My day. <laughs> you just can't win. So putting that, putting the Hollywood hacker thing to rest, right? So that's that's the number one point I want to bring up. Now, what a lot of people are probably watching this for, how do we get a job in the cybersecurity industry, Mark? My answer to that, Mark, potatoes. <clears throat> Shall I elaborate? Please. Okay, that, that would probably help, right? So, uh, so growing up, I didn't, I didn't have a lot, right? I, I lacked a lot, didn't have a lot of food. And so one of the staples was actually uh, family buying a bag of potatoes and kind of stretching that, right? Were you so, from Idaho? No, no, not from Idaho, by the way, so I didn't have the big, you know, big delicious, no, it was very small, uh, I think, russet potatoes. Um, anyways, without talking too much into that angle of it, uh, potatoes, if you think about it, Mark, we've got russet potatoes, Idaho potatoes, as you mentioned, there's purple potatoes, I don't remember the name of those. Uh, we've got french fries with mashed potatoes, I mean, Potatoes, fries, no, yeah, we, we, can, we can make a bunch of different dishes with potatoes. We can use a bunch of different potatoes. So think of cybersecurity like that, right? You're probably already working in cybersecurity. Even you, Mark. Even, even on Wall Street, securing your, your uh, customers' data during transactions, you were, you were doing cybersecurity, right? The rules of other compliance. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, our information security, or InfoSec is what we used to call it. Um, when some of us were a little younger, but uh, nowadays it's called cybersecurity because that's a fun buzzword and that, that just sounds cooler, right? Not Cyber sleeping, robots. I'm not sleeping good tonight. <laughs> I think you will if you take those banking apps off your phone, Mark. <laughs> uh, so getting back to our potatoes, Mark. So we kind of talked about the different potatoes, the different ways we can prepare potatoes. And so there's different ways to get into the industry. One of the things I get asked about a lot is how do I be a penetration tester, right? Um, you know, with no experience, right? No IT experience, no experience in the cybersecurity industry at all, um, aside from maybe working at McDonald's or something like that. So the answer is you don't, right? And I hate to be, I, I always break the news. Um, some people don't listen, some people do. Some people don't listen. Most people, I would say, probably don't listen to that. Like, whatever, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. Um, but there's a lot of different ways to get into the industry is kind of the point of the potato uh, analogy there. There's a lot of different job roles in the industry that you may not be thinking of, right? Um, and so you may look at a company, like let's let's just say you're, you're brand new, I want to get into the industry, I've maybe taken a couple of courses on a, on a website or something, or okay. watched a couple of YouTube videos, played around with some you know different security tools or whatever, right? I really have no experience, Mark, and I'm trying to get into the industry. Okay. Any thought on what I should do? Call someone that I know in the industry. Okay, it's not a bad idea. What if you don't have that phone number? Um, try to hack into a system. Tell them I hack into the system and say hire me because if you don't, I'm going to hack into your system again. So, um, so we'll let's address that. I'm going to stop putting Mark on the spot. I'm just kidding. I'm going to stop putting Mark on the spot. I'm a hacker, not a cracker. Yeah, exactly. So, so a lot of people actually think you could do that. That's that's kind of the olden days. And I actually know a few people that that got their first job like that, but. Most people just go to jail when, when they do that because obviously it's a criminal act, you know. Um, so, uh, and a federal crime. Who wants to do federal time, right? No way, you know. Who's trying to figure out all those months? You know, they do with the sentencing in months in the federal courts, right? So, 
you got to figure out the months. So like, well, how many years of my life is that really right? Like, who wants to deal with all that? Nonsense. Just do it the right way, right? Get permission. Get a job doing it. You know, you'll be all set. So getting back to getting a job in the industry. I want to pause briefly, Mark, and we're going to talk about this uh, book I was telling you about. The story of us. The story of us. So this is uh, so this is called a love book, and I don't know if you guys can fully see it there, the image and everything like that. But this is called a love book, kind and of, that kind of looks like you. He kind of does. Well, yeah, yeah, he kind of looks like me. You know, I think it was an extra charge to do the goatee. Um, by the way, Mark, and um, you know, who who wants to pay for that? The the, the whole concept gets across, anyways, right? The story of good, us. Good looking, by the way. Absolutely. Handsome Ken. And and a good looking lady right there as well. Um, the reason I bring this up, Mark, and, and we kind of chatted about this before we went live is uh, this love book was kind of a random thing that my spouse did for me. She just kind of went online, found this thing um, as I was doing other stuff in life, uh, and she found this and went through. Uh, and the whole concept here is, is different memories or something like that that you may have with your, your uh, significant other or your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, you know, family member, whatever the case might be. Uh, and you kind of put those in this book. Now, um, we're, uh, we're G or X-rated this evening, so not that kind of X-rated, so uh, a lot of the stuff we won't share, but we'll share one um, little photo that I didn't show Mark yet. Uh, so I'll show you real quickly there. So we talk about um, sort of drive, and I'm going to get up here just to make sure I get that right in the camera there. That's a good looking fellow right there typing on a computer. So why am I telling you all this, Mark? And why am I telling all you guys this? Why am I sharing this love bit with you? What I want to talk about here is foundation. Foundation. Key word, big word. Big word, big word, Mark. Big word. And we'll, and we'll get to how that correlates to jobs in the industry in just a moment. But foundation is a critical aspect of success. You know, and, and you know, individuals like Mark and myself over the years, uh, you know, through a lot of painful toil, have realized that if we get the, if we work on ourselves and get the strong foundation or you know, get the right people around us with a strong foundation, then we can reach levels of success that most people never reach in their entire lives. Uh, so I wanted I wanted to bring up foundation on that angle of it. Where it's you know with it being an important aspect of your overall success, you have to have a strong foundation. You may see people out there on social media, oh they're filming themselves at the beach or whatever. Uh, but if they don't have a strong foundation, sure they may have money now, Mark. But two years from now they may lose everything and not know how to get it back because they have the wrong people around them. So uh, make sure you surround yourself with the, the right people, and we'll we'll talk about why that's relevant in just a second. Let's go back to the the foundation angle. A lot of people that have reached out to me that are trying to get into the industry want to go straight into advanced level jobs. That's not more. Well, right. Of course, yeah. Pay of course, more. yeah. You know. By the way, none of them pay. You know, really pay millions, right? Uh, so if you, if that's your goal, Mark, you, you know. You guys don't make a lot of money. It's all relative. It's all relative, right? If you, if you spend more, Mark, as, as you know, if you spend a lot of your salary, then it doesn't matter how much you make, you're still going to spend a lot of your money, right? And you're going to be struggling. If you want to make a lot of money, become a hacker. <laughs> Surprisingly, there's, there's, there's more mother, money in um, other, uh, other angles. So, uh, so anyways, foundation, foundation. So a lot of people want to skip the foundational stuff, right? So you like your basic networking, like how do systems actually talk to each other, right? Your basic programming skills, how do we develop the code? And, and, and not even working as like a software engineer, but just understanding like how do we structure code? Right. How does it function? And why would somebody do it a certain way versus others? Helps you a lot when you're trying to go in there and break it, 
right? When you're trying to find vulnerabilities in it, because you understand actually the nuts and bolts of what's going on. Um, so one thing that I, I've noticed a lot of people reaching out, they want to go, like you said, into advanced jobs right away, just because there's a salary, you know, that, that may be lucrative, um, six figures or more, uh, which a lot of people actually, within a couple of years, get to six figures or more in, in the industry. Uh, we'll talk about that just maybe just a little bit. I don't want to dive into that in this episode. But the key is the foundation, right? So you're, you're really doing a disservice to yourself and the industry. So I, I, if you're watching this and you're trying to get into the industry, I really want you to, to listen to this part. So recap. I'm going to say it again. You're really doing a disservice to yourself and the industry by skipping over all that fundamental stuff, by skipping over understanding networks, by skipping over even just rudimentary programming knowledge. Right, skipping over understanding risk, you know, and how uh, CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, because I'm, I'm not sure if you know that terminology. So CISO, how they're analyzing things at their level and disseminating that down the chain of command to the, the person that's actually implementing the system or something like that. So you're doing a disservice to everyone involved by not getting that foundation of knowledge. Now, does that mean, Mark, that you need to work as a, say, a, a system administrator or network engineer before you you know, move into cybersecurity, like if you're coming from McDonald's, for example, or, or coming from like a nurse. Um, and Mark and I talked about, I recently retired as a nurse uh, and retired that license, which I was very excited about, by the way. So uh, I can no longer poke you with a needle, Mark. He used to help people. Yeah. I used to, yeah. yeah. Kind of do it now, I guess. <laughs> sure, sure he does. Sure so, um, you know, there's, there's different things to take into account there, but, but you don't have to go, and that's one of the things uh, we, we're going to talk a little about about the podcast a little later on, but um, one of the things I've been trying to do lately as, as a as sort of a project, I would say, is get people actually in the industry that are working in the actual cybersecurity role, right, to share their experience. Like, how did they get there? How did they, you know, what steps did they take? Was it a degree? Was it, you know, a certification? What was actually the thing that got them there? Um, and you'll notice that um, there's, there's the traditional trifecta of college degree certifications or experience, right? If you have none of those, what do you do? Well, you can network with people, right? So, so I want to quickly point on the fact that we don't have to work in a certain job role to then get into the industry, right? There's many ways in the industry, so think outside the box. I always tell people, focus on a company first that you want to work for, see what jobs they have, what you qualify for, maybe you can get in as a business analyst or something like that, or, or even as like a technical writer. And then from there, as you show them like, hey, I'm a good worker, hey, I'm interested in security, I've been taking some courses, can I shadow somebody for a day, or can I kind of do a hybrid role? Uh, as opposed to going and applying for 400, you know, analyst roles and getting rejected 400 times, try to get your foot in the door. So, which is it sounds like what you're saying is be strategic in your planning. No, absolutely. Yeah, Mark nailed it on the head. He's very strategic. Now, going along with that strategy, you've got to get out there and network. This is one of those industries where if you're not networking, you're not going to get the job. Nobody is going to. You can't just sit on the couch eating a bag of chips, Mark. Uh, or a box of goldfish uh, crackers. Get in the game. You, you have to be out there. And if there's not, if there's usually a local meetup or something in your area. If there's not security conferences in your area, there's usually something. People are having, there's other people in your place that have an interest in the same things you do. Just You just got to get out there and find them. Now, what if you can't find them, right? You know, what if they're not out there anywhere? What you need to do is you need to go online. There's a lot of different volunteer things you can get in, you know, get involved with. Just do a quick Google search of, cybersecurity volunteer opportunities, and you'll see a lot of different websites, you know, um, that you can contribute to and help out on. Now, the other thing with kind of the networking angle of it, Mark, is let's say that you, you've done all that and nothing's happening. 
right? Okay. That ties us into the third bullet point. Getting right? frustrated. Right. Yeah. Getting okay. frustrated. It's frustrating, right? You get rejected all the time. Um, I dealt with I dealt with that throughout my life, right? You get rejected. You know, if you let's say you're applying for jobs, you get a no. Sometimes you don't hear anything. You're all excited. Sometimes you go through like four or five interviews. You're all excited. You're like, man, I, I nailed this, Mark. I got this. And you hear nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They don't even send you an email to say, hey, you know what? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. You get no feedback. Nothing. Right. So it's frustrating. I get it. Right. We 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 understand that. We've we've you know, like I said, we're just 22, but we've experienced a lot in our 22 years to uh, to get to that point. But let's talk about that. What what else can you do? Well, the third bullet point we had tonight was branding. So I talk a lot about um, and, and people that are trying to start a business that sort of stuff. I talk about branding with them. It's very important. Like you are the brand of your company. It's not nobody cares about doing business with right. RMI Capital. They care about doing business with Mark. Right? Mark's established himself as a brand. That's who people do business with. Same thing with when you're trying to get a cybersecurity job. Right? Put yourself out there. Free solution. Put up YouTube videos. It doesn't cost you anything. Right? Mm -hmm. Most people have a smartphone. If you're watching this, you've you've probably got a way to record. If you can't. If you don't have a phone, you can use something like Screencast-O-Matic, which is a stream recording software. I think it's like 20 bucks a year or something. Let me, can I, can I jump in for a second? No, please do, please do. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been paying attention to what Ken is saying, the process, the strategic plan that he just laid out is not exclusive to the cybersecurity industry. No, not at all. Not the, at all. the game plan that he just gave us is applicable to just about any vertical or any industry in America that you want to do. Can you hang out a bit? Normally we go 30 minutes. I think tonight we might need to go a little, little bit longer. Let's, you, let's you stretch. Know? Let's stretch a little. So I want to ask you a question. We have a lot of small and mid-sized business owners that watch my show. Yes. Talk to them about some things that they can do to secure their back end, secure their systems. Well, you know, I guess first, let everybody know how vulnerable they really are. Well, you're not going to like what he's going to say. I, he's going to scare the heck. Well, I've already forgotten the name we were calling you that. So Mark's very vulnerable if he's doing banking on his phone. So I, I know as a small business owner, it may be difficult, right? You have to accept payments on your phone. I, you know, I've been there, right? Been there, done that. Um, but I would say do your best if it's in your budget to get a secondary phone that's not tied to your personal data, right? So as an example, your contact list, as an example, your Facebook account or Instagram, whatever other, you know, shady apps you want to put on your phone. What they um, do, what, what kind of apps? Shady apps, in my opinion, shady apps. Um, since we're extending this, may I share that? Please. So I actually downloaded Instagram a while, a while back. This was probably a year ago on my phone, um, on my personal phone. And my goal with that, for those that are students of mine, they know I, I talk about my cat a lot. Um, in courses, and in fact, in my forensics course, she's the star uh, in that course. Uh, she's there with a the magnifying glass, uh, catching crime. But anyways, um, we're, we're not going to dive into that. Marcus, if the wheels are spinning, we're not going to dive into that. But I'm sleeping good tonight, Ken. You, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay, Mark. Uh, you can sleep soundly knowing that there are good hackers out there working on these systems, trying to figure out vulnerabilities to get them corrected so your data is somewhat secure. We say somewhat. We're just going to leave it as that, Mark. <laughs> so, let's get back to the app stuff. So what I did is I downloaded Instagram to create an account for her to share, you know, cute cat photos, right? Like, who doesn't like that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Mark and I just spent, we spent like three hours right before this talking about nothing but cat photos. You know, it's, you know. Meow. 
Yeah, me out, me out. Uh, so anyways, what happened was I did this, I got the cat photos, I was like, all right, you know, getting some people on the Instagram following, that sort of stuff. Uh, and then I started getting texts from my wife. But they weren't from my wife. Like some of the text messages, I was like, she doesn't talk like that. So I called her on the phone. I was like, are you, are you texting me? She's like, no. And, you know, so I got, I got back to the house and I showed her. I was like, yeah. She's like, I didn't send that. She showed me her phone. And the only change there, and by the way, if you make a change on your, on your mobile device and something weird starts happening, whatever that change was, like undo it, right? You know, so if you download a game app or, or you know, Instagram in this example, just take it off there and see if your stuff goes back to normal. So that's what I did. I immediately took off the Instagram app from my phone, uh, and lo and behold, I stopped getting weird texts from my wife. I got normal texts, you know. So, um, so it's that simple, Mark. Like I didn't do anything, right? I didn't click any nefarious links. I didn't, you know, visit any shady websites or anything like that. You know, again, shady is a word I like to use a lot. Um, don't do shady things, right? But you, even if you're not doing that, you can still get hacked, Mark. You can still be somebody that that can jump in and take over your communication screen with somebody else, right? So what do you suggest that small business owners think about just to secure themselves a little bit more? So I think you need to think uh, more of a risk mitigation aspect, right? Because you're, you're never going to be 100% secure. Even Fortune 100 companies are not 100% secure. I mean, we look at Capital One, right? right. They have, they have, you know, that, that vulnerability. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mark, we can. We could just have a whole book. We could have a whole uh, love book on just breaches. Um, in fact, uh, if, if uh, comment if you want Mark and I to create a love book or, or some other kind of book on just breaches, like a whole manual of, of all the breaches uh, with scary pictures of us, like, ah, making faces. So if you want that, comment uh, scary face. That's a hash mark scary face. And if you do that, Mark and I will collaborate. Hashtags don't sleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of hashtags we could do with this one, Mark. You know, hashtag no social media apps on your on your personal. Yeah. Anyways, so if you're a small business owner out there, I recommend two two different devices, right? One for your personal use. So if you want to do Facebook and LinkedIn and all that stuff on your phone, by all means, you know it's, it's your life, right? You make the choice there, right? But if you want to keep your business slightly, slightly, slightly more secure, get that secondary device, you know, lock it down, figure out ways to harden it. Um, you know, I, I recommend uh, iOS devices, so like your iPhone, your iPad. Over a... Over an Android, and the reason for that is most people don't update their Android devices because it doesn't force you to update in most cases. So a lot of people are walking around with outdated operating systems, which means they're more likely vulnerable to something, and that's what the, these criminal attackers are actually using, right? A lot, in most cases, they're not using the latest version of something to figure out a zero day. It's, the level of attacker that would probably go for your phone, Mark, is probably not using that. Now, your nation states, of course, you're finding what's called a zero day. You familiar with that term, Mark? Zero, repeat it. Zero day. Zero day. I'm not going to sleep tomorrow. <laughs> Mark may not sleep the rest of the week. Let's we'll, we'll just be honest on that. But good news again, there's good people out there working to protect your stuff. Come back to zero day. What is that? So zero day. So basically, what that means is that the the company with the software will just say, uh, let's just say Facebook, right? Okay. Let's say that a, a zero day is found in Facebook in some capacity with the Facebook's app on on your phone, Mark, on your phone, man, on your phone, not on my phone because I don't have it on there. We talked about that before. Um, that's what started all this. But anyways, he's my friend. <laughs> By the way, I, I appreciate those photos on, on your Facebook, Mark. I, I downloaded those already. And I, 
I'm just kidding. I did not. I did not uh, uh, do any criminal hacks on Mark. I would not do that. Right? I would not do that. And and not just because Mark and I know each other. It's mostly because I'm just not that type of person. Right. I didn't. I didn't come from the dark side to the you know, to the light. I've been in the light. And I said, you know, the dark side. You know, that's that prison sentence. You're like, who wants that? Right. Locked in a box. Dealing with those types of people. No, thank you. No, thank you. Dealt with some of those growing up. No thanks. Um, I'll, I'll pass on that in, in adulthood. At age 22 as well. You know, I've got a whole whole number of years ahead of me. Uh, so zero days, Mark. So that basically just means that there's there's not been the, it doesn't mean that that vulnerability hasn't been found before because there might be somebody else in the criminal underworld that has found that already. It just means that the vendor themselves hasn't released a patch for it yet. You know, or they, they may not be aware of it or there's not a patch release for it yet. So let's talk about responsible disclosure since we've probably got some, you know, aspiring hackers out there, some aspiring good you know, hackers out there, responsible disclosure. Now, if I just go hack Facebook, Mark, do you think I'm going to jail? I don't know. Yeah, I, I probably am. Well, you know, I, of course I'll retain good counsel, but you know, the reality is I'm, you know, it's not a good thing, right? It's not a good situation. Um, but there's different programs out there. We, we call them bug bounties in the industry. So a lot of these bigger companies are called what? Bug bounties. Bug, bug bounties. Now you, you might now you bug might think bounties. yeah. So for those small business owners out there watching this, you might think that that's you know something the exterminator has put out as kind of you know trying to control the roach problem in, in Texas or recently the grasshopper problem over there in Vegas, right? In Las Vegas. Uh, if you weren't aware of that, there's a huge sure. really oh man yeah there's a huge uh, I spoke to a, a guy that lives out there yeah there's a huge grasshopper problem or something like that right now out there, so, uh, but we're not talking about any of that. This, let's get that out of our minds. Not, not that type of bug. Uh, we're talking about buggy software, right? You know, so vulnerabilities in the software. So the bug bounty programs are a way for researchers or hackers or, you know, whatever you want to call the good people out there that are trying to make things better for everyone. That's a way for them to legally find these things, report them through, you know, essentially a third party or, you know, some department in the organization like Facebook, for example, uh, and allow them to not, or potentially not, you know, more than likely not get arrested and, and thrown in jail for finding that stuff. Plus, plus, Mark, money. A lot of bug bounty programs will pay you. And depending on the vulnerability that you find, whether it's extremely critical and can be exploited in, in what we call the wild, Mark, we call it the wild, when we see that the criminal... Bug bounties and wild and crackers. <laughs> I'm done. What more do you need in life, you know? And love books. Love books. You, so, you have a podcast. I do have a podcast. I do have a podcast. Tell uh, us about the podcast. Started up actually recently. Um, uh, in, in July, I think, uh, I forget the number I've got right now of downloads, but um, basically what I do on there, besides occasional rants here and there, um, and occasional different things, like uh, as an example, next week I'm going to a security conference. Uh, one of the big ones here in the U.S., and um, so I'm going to do some recordings and that sort of stuff around that. But most of the time, what I do with the podcast, it's called Cyber Life, by the way, so uh, just like it sounds, C-Y-B-E-R, and then Life, okay. L-I-F-E. One word or two? Two words, two words. You know, we like to keep things spicy, so two words. Uh, and what I mostly do on there is I interview people actually in the industry. So I, I want to, instead of you going to like your college recruiter, for example, and they say, yeah, all you need to do is learn this one thing, you'll get 40,000 companies chasing after you. 
I have a master's, Mark, and, and I can tell you right now, just because you have a master's, it doesn't mean that 40,000 companies are going to chase you down. Right. So what I try to do there is I try to give different perspectives on different paths and different job roles in the industry, right? So I've got uh, some young women on there that kind of do more of the risk management side. I've, uh, you know, I've got some other people in the pipeline that ha I haven't done the podcast episode with yet that are females that work as pen testers. Um, I've got males, you know, that work in a variety of roles, a security engineer, pen tester. Um, I have a gentleman scheduled uh, actually this week that is a um, executive level type of person. So, uh, so a variety of people. What I try to do there, Mark, is I just really want to give people a perspective from all over the industry okay. and kind of talk about people's journeys, talk about some of the things they would recommend people do. Um, talk about you know different things they're working on. Maybe there's a project that they're working on that somebody else out there listening is interested in. So I really just trying to give the real scoop on the industry. High level stuff, high level things. Uh, mostly high level. Yeah, we you know we talk about some things or some terminology that maybe you won't be familiar with if you're say a small business owner that's listening in. I'm not familiar with anything you said tonight. Perfect, perfect, perfect. That was my goal tonight to figure out something that Mark didn't know. So I so find a lot. Of what do you say to folks out there? that are doing some great things, high level, they're in your vertical, and they would love to be on your show. How do they get in touch with you? So I'm, I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. That's probably the primary way to do so. Um, so I say on LinkedIn, connect with me. If you're not connected with me, message me, uh, because I don't read minds. It's not a skill set I have yet. So uh, definitely message me, say, hey, I want to be on your podcast, and I'll let you know what you need to do from there. I'm pretty laid back on the podcast and pretty flexible. So uh, many people have to do it after work, and so I, We'll schedule sometime in the evening, and depending on your time zone as well, um, we'll schedule something and figure out you know the best kind of time to do it. So um, yeah, just reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm the most active at. That's where Mark and I uh, connected, I think, initially. Um, yeah, before I hacked his phone, of course. Um, but <laughs> I have somebody on my side waiting for him. <laughs> final thoughts. What's the final word or message you want to leave with the straight to the top audience tonight? So I think the key takeaway, just because we have a mixture on this one, Mark, mm -hmm. um, we have business owners, we have people looking at starting a business, we have uh, people looking to get into the industry, we have people experiencing the industry, we have you know a mixture of both, right? Some people are into the industry, want to kind of create a side hustle or whatever. So I think the key takeaway here from the cyber standpoint, the security standpoint, is risk management. So just figure out what's what you have asset-wise in your organization, so technology asset-wise, what are you willing to you know, negotiate on you know, for a cost-benefit analysis type of thing, right? So as an example, if I only have one phone and I have to take payments on that phone, then what I need to do as a responsible small business owner is maybe not have my social media on my phone. Maybe I just check it. You know, I don't have the apps. Maybe I check it through the browser as we kind of talked about earlier. Or maybe I just wait till I get home and check Facebook. You know? um, a lot of that's relevant to if you use if you're out there doing Facebook Lives or something as you're out right. about or that sort of right. stuff. So you kind of have to, to figure out what works best for your particular business. Now, for those people out there that are working in the industry, kind of looking at that side hustle type of thing, you know, kind of looking like, okay, I, I get laid off a lot. It happens a lot, actually, unfortunately, in the industry. People get laid off okay. after a number of years and they got all this experience and everything. So one thing a lot of us try to do is encourage people to have a secondary, at least a secondary income stream. So that could be a book. Right, that could be a book, you know, but it takes a lot to write a book, right? right. Um, so I think a better approach for most people is probably online courses. So create, you know, some some online courses, sell them on whatever skills you have. Because somebody out there doesn't know it, and they and you may be the one to teach them because they relate to you and not somebody else, right? Is it hard to create online courses? Yeah. <laughs> you notice there was a big pause there. So 
for me, I make it look easy, right? And a lot, and that's one of the challenges a lot of people face when I, I kind of uh, help them out is I make it look very easy. I can literally record from my phone right now or just have, a, if I had a laptop with me, I could record something and show you how to use like Nmap, which is a tool for scanning networks. I, I could use that and show you that real quick, right? And film a video, have it sound exactly like one of my course videos, edit it real quick if I want to chop something out and, and probably within, within 30 minutes, Mark and I have a course, right? But most people, that's not reality, right? And I've been doing that for many, many years, Mark. When I started out, my first course took me like a year, Mark, to, to do. So it is, it is, it can be challenging, right? And, and depending on where you want to um, list it at, right? So depending on like if you want to put it on a platform, somebody else's stuff, right? Or if you just want to have like a YouTube channel where you, you know, ask for donations. Don't put it on your business website. Yeah, on your business website. Um, now, one thing to keep in mind there is that you may have to, you know, the hosting of it, right? The hosting of the videos. So if you're going to do that route, Marcus, or even if you're going to um, use a sales funnel, which I think that's, that's another episode. Um, but uh, to talk about sales funnels. But if you're going to use, like, say, a sales funnel, like a software like ClickFunnels, for example, you could have a membership site. So you could get people to you know sign up, give you their contact information, and then just put your videos, host them on YouTube, unlisted, and then just uh, basically give them access to them. Well, yeah, you just you just basically embed those in your membership site, and then you know I can go in there as a student. I can look at all your videos. I paid you, let's say, you know, five hundred bucks or whatever for the access. And I can go watch all the videos, you're hands off, right? You do the initial work to build all that, but now you're hands off, you don't have to do anything. This has been good. My head is spinning. I'm probably gonna sleep for a couple of weeks. Perfect. I'm Perfect. probably gonna drop a few pounds that I can need to do. Perfect. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is a serious business, experience matters. And if you don't know how to do something, um, develop a relationship with someone who does. Um, there's a lot that I've learned from Ken tonight it's a lot we talked about before we went live tonight. Um, take heed to what he said. If you're collecting money, um, do a little bit of research, spend some money to protect yourself. Um, if people are paying you, uh, do some research, spend a little bit of money to make sure that you keep your client's data safe, particularly if you're doing recurring billing. But at the end of the day, whatever it is, practice, right? Practice, practice, practice. But before you practice, you have to prepare. And so preparation makes sure, and it helps you practice correctly. You see, you can practice wrong and develop a lot of bad habits. So prepare. Think about what you want to do. Think about how you want to do it. Put a plan together. Get prepared and practice. And practice so you can do whatever it is you need to do efficiently, at a high level, at a whim, and not even think about it. So if you prepare and practice, when it's time to perform, when the opportunity presents itself, okay, you have prepared and practiced to the point where the execution piece is very, very strong. And if you do that, Ken, I believe you'll go straight to the top. Straight to the top. We have another guest next week. You're going to love her. This has been fun. We have to Absolutely. do it again. Absolutely. I won't sleep for 30 days and 30 nights. God bless. We'll see you next week. Perfect. Bye, everyone.